Welcome to Unapologetic Leadership. I am your host, Dr. Marcus Beelan. I am a principal, a father of three, a husband, and I am driven by my passion of educating young people. The goal of this podcast is to expose the listeners to practical concepts and ideas through the lens of practitioners who are doing the work every single day for kids. You see, we as educators make decisions for our kids and our staff. And if we make decisions that we believe are in the best interest of our kids and our staff, we should be proud, we should walk tall and be unapologetic in our leadership. Topics such as diversity, equity and inclusion, school culture, student voice and leadership experiences are among some of the content you will hear. This is just honest and truthful conversation. These messages are meant to be impactful for those who need it as well as those who are put into positions that impact the lives of young people. It's time to strengthen the pipeline for educators. It's time to dismantle systemic issues and bolster school culture where our youth are seen and heard in the learning environment of their schools. So let's begin to explore and journey through unapologetic leadership. What's up, listeners? This is Dr. Bieland, man. I'm back with you. I am with uh, Matt Woods. I'm just, I, I had to jump right on into it. Usually I like give you a build up as to who is, who's going to be on the show, giving you a little bit of lead in. I'm not doing that today. Matt Woods <laughs> is, a, is a good friend of mine. Um, he just, uh, he just dropped a series of books. Like just, I'm, man, I'm going to give you some time to just introduce yourself because uh, emerging leader, author, speaker, like you, you doing it and you moving and grooving in a, in a, a great direction. So man, it's great to have you on the show. Matt Woods, what's up? Man, appreciate it, brother. It's good. It's good to hop on here with you, man. Good yeah, to hop man. on with you. Hey, so, you know, I, I reached out to you, said, Hey, let's hop on the show. Right. I need you. I need you on here. Um, Tell the listeners a little bit about who Matt Woods is. Um, talk a little bit about your journey, how you got to where you are today, and what you, what's, what you got cooking, man. You got a lot of things going. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so for the listeners out there, I'm Matt Woods, um, educator, proud educator. Um, man, I've, I've had my, I guess, my hands in a lot of different stuff, you know, making me feel old now that got me reflecting on it. But, uh, you know, I've been a uh, high school uh, world history two teacher. Uh, from there, I transitioned into being a middle school and then I was a high school assistant principal. So at both levels, um, I've been a middle school principal um, and I'm also um, served at the central office level as the director of uh, student support services um, for the district that I work in, man. Uh, also been an adjunct professor and and work with training um, different student teachers, you know, out there in the field, you know, getting them prepped, showing them what it's really like. Um, also do, like you said, uh, do a lot of speaking engagements and a lot of consulting, working with um, different school districts and, and schools and other leaders all across the country. Yeah, you've had, man, you've had your hand in a lot of stuff. I mean, just K-12 education, just in general, right? Like, you got the mm -hmm. I Want to Be book series. You got a podcast, uh, Leading Out of the Woods. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Matt, forgot talk, to mention that. Matt, talk about that work. What's, what, what you got going there? Yeah, man. So, you know, I got the podcast, Leading Out the Woods. Um, been been great. I think we're going on 
two a little over two years now man it's been it's been crazy but uh, we had a lot of amazing educators all across the country on there like yourself you were on there so i yeah. encourage your listeners to, to hop over there and check out the episodes you were on um but yeah but but we got the podcast like i said and then um the children's book series which we released um with code breaker so you know shout out brian ceo over there code breaker um we released so far the first uh, six books in the in the in the series and i'm actually in the process working on the next two to to wrap up the uh, chapters how we call it so we have like a year one collection which is follows my son's journey through through the first uh year of his life and then we're wrapping up year two which will kind of wrap up obviously him being two years old so yeah i mean got those working on um i've also got a a pd processing guide that um i co-wrote with a a amazing person uh, dr samantha fitch which uh, will be coming out with edu match that should be coming out probably sometime this summer and then i'm also in the process of working on my leadership book so yeah man stay pretty busy (laughs) i mean you you listen off the whole library you're gonna have your own section in the library (laughs) that's that's what's up man i look so let's dive right in right like you, you got an education, you were a high school teacher, um, working in district office, kind of moving, you know, st- student support services, you know, things like you, you had a lot of various jobs in education. I'm going to ask you, what, what do you want your legacy to be when you, when you retire, when you leave education, you look back on all the work you've done, what's the impact you want to say you've made? That's a good, good question, man. Now, now you got me thinking about when I retire, I'll probably be bald and these wrinkles. <laughs> Lord knows I'll have more wrinkles and all the stress, right? But, uh, man, I think, you know, legacy, um, man, what really just comes to mind is just helping people, you know, opening doors um, for students, for families, Um for access right to to education and what I mean by that is everybody seeing themselves in different roles you know in different capacities but then also that mindset that they can't achieve because you you I mean you know you're in schools too and and you kind of know there's like an invisible barrier sometimes for different students and different families where they don't really feel connected to what's going on so doing my part to to make things just more accessible and building those relationships yeah because you know that's what carries on that's when like you talked about that legacy piece right relationships build legacies because then people recap and say man what dr beeland did for me back in the day has gotten me to this so you know they talk about that relationship right but then that bleeds into the legacy. So that's what kind of comes to mind when, when you talk about, ask me about legacy. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. You talk about, you know, um, the barrier, right? And providing access. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges in which schools are facing right now. You know, it's easy to throw around the word equitable and, uh, you know, equity and diversity and inclusion and all of that, but it just, it has so much more depth. Um, 
And, and one of the key words you said was invisible barriers. And it's invisible barriers in which we don't, which educators, right? Even including mm-hmm. myself, like you don't see because you don't know someone's story or their journey or how they got to where they are or the struggles and challenges that they standing in front of you. They may look good on the outside, but on the inside, they broken, they crazy, uh, you know, and, and, and that's our young people. So, um, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, just what it was like being a, a teacher in a classroom and knowing what you know now, right? As, as in, in all the roles you've had, knowing what you know now, if you could go back into the classroom and connect with kids, what would you, what would you do different knowing that these invisible barriers exist? Man, great question. I think they all great the thing questions. That really, they, they are. They are. They are. They are, <laughs> they are great questions. But for this one specifically, I would say um, reinforcing the the need, the the, the priority to build relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of prided myself on when I was a teacher, you know, I'd seek to, you know, know kids, you know, know their names, know their likes and dislikes, you know, you know, all those icebreaker things, things that, you know, teachers always kind of talk about, right? And I think, you know, a lot of us, um, you think about, you know, like Harry Wong, first day of school, talks about those, those procedures, you know, building relationships, etc. But, but really doubling down on that, uh-huh. because, that foundation carries you through through everything through the hiccups that you'll run into through uh the, the good times the bad times all the way up to quote unquote tested times right at the end of the year <laughs> those relationships are so pivotal and so key because they extend to everything else they make your job easier they yeah. they make everything connect and click i mean they make kids want to be there right they make they they reinforce why you want to be there it just it just it bleeds over into everything right and i think as i've transitioned into my various roles as an administrator you you start to see it from a macro level the impact relationships can have but most importantly the impact when relationships aren't established and you can see how it almost kind of festers Uh into things later um and and having that macro view like i said having that bigger picture now i would go back to my 22 23 year old self and just say hey matt you know you're focusing on relationships but you really need to buckle down on them so yeah, you spent three or four days doing a lot of this stuff. And now you're kind of, you know, getting that itch. A lot of us get like, oh, it's time for me to jump into the curriculum, right? It's time for me to follow that pacing guy. Hey, do that, but make sure you've locked in those relationships. So you don't have to revisit a conversation with Marcus in a couple of weeks when something's popped off. You already had that foundation there that when you do need to engage with Marcus, you he knows you're there for the right purpose and vice versa. And you've already built up that comfort zone for those other type of conversations. The, the, the challenge that I've had more so recently um, 
you know, and you hear relationships, right? Like when you say education, what's the first words that come to mind? It's like, oh, you know, as a teacher, you got to build relationship with your kids. You know, it sounds so cliche and so like a manufactured answer, right? Like you're sitting in mm-hmm. interviews, like we're getting ready to hit the interview season here. You know, people who are looking for jobs and, um, you know, there's a lot of people, and I always say this because this is like the key trigger. Like I got people who are interested in getting into uh, administration or in education who are listening to the podcast. I got people who've been in the game for, for a long time, right. That are listening to it. And so relationships mean so much at so many different levels to get your foot in the door. You're like, Oh, I build relationships. You're like, ding, ding, ding. Like, okay, they got that. Check that box. Right. I feel like that buzzword. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it's a buzzword of like, yes, relationships. You look around the room at an interview and you're like, okay, I got everybody. I said the word, right? It's like a bingo board. It's the free space, <laughs> if you ask me. But like, it's a non-negotiable. And I don't want it to become this cliche thought of like, okay, found, relationships are the foundation of all of X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. Like it should become an action, right? Like it should become something that you are constantly working toward right any relationship between something you're constantly working toward you know you got to foster it you got to water it you got to watch it Mm -hmm. grow you got to when it's starting to die out you got to give it a little bit more time you got to talk to it you got to like and so you can't walk up to a kid and be like hey tell me your name hey my name is matt my name is marcus hey good to meet you great now we have our relationships we're acquaintances we've talked and we've gotten to know each other but our students don't see it as that mm-hmm. kids walking into a classroom see it as i'm gonna be with this person for 180 days of my life right what is that 180 days going to look like if you're a high school teacher that 180 days is not just curriculum it's not just a high and a buy hey check in hey cool how's your how's this how's that but it's really getting deep into understanding um, how back to that invisible barrier, how much we're actually focused on learning about the students that sit in front of us. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, as you said that, what came to mind is like when you think about relationships, like like I know you're a father like me, right? You think about the relationship you have with your kids. So like you said, that term relationship becomes cliche a lot of times, right? People just throw it out there. Mm -hmm. But relationships have different layers and different levels, depending on, I'm going to sound cliche again, but the relationship you have with that person, right? So I'm going to use you as an example, you and your kids. So you're their father. So obviously, you want what's best for them, right? And, and you teach them, right? You, you, you teach them, you mold them, you're raising them. But that relationship you have is fundamentally different compared to what their teachers have because both of you are teaching them things, right? but your relationship is different with them because right. they're your kids. But once again, we're still talking about relationships. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes people don't unpack what that means you hear the term relationship but then you kind of get stuck in one 
frame of mind when you have to realize how are we differentiating that? How is this relationship tailored? Right. Um, but then most importantly, do we extend that same commitment for building and sustaining relationships for others who we don't on face value have a lot of connections with? Mm. That could be the way we look. Uh-huh. That could be the the interest that they have, right? You know, you might be an athlete. They might not be an athlete. Uh, shoot, you might be tall and they might be short. I mean, I, I don't know what generates or things come to mind for, you know, some of your listeners out there when they go to build relationships, right? Right. Um, because we all have those different interests. But it's sitting back to reflect on how you build those relationships and then who do you have those relationships with? Because a lot of times I'm curious, you know, you'll hear teachers and administrators say, hey, I have great relationships with all my kids and, and all my families. And then you sit back and look and you say, no, you have great relationships with certain groups of kids, certain families, because I'm looking at this group over here and they don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And how do I know that? Maybe because they only want to talk to me or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it's it starts with that reflection piece when you use when people use the term relationships and really kind of diving into am I really doing what's needed to build those relationships in a very holistic way for everybody? Yeah. I, I you know, that's it's it's interesting because um you know, especially when people go into teaching, right? They go into education because they want to, you know, connect with young people. They want to um, teach them for the love and the passion of just watching kids grow and and so forth, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we're all in edu- like people who are in education are. I, I would hope, like, if you in education, like <laughs> you wanted to be able to connect with, it, you know, you're gonna have some encounters with kids at some point, right? You don't just go straight to the top, so. I just think about, I think about when I said relationships to other people, like what did that actually mean to me? And it's, again, that constant evolution of working through the peaks and the valleys, um, getting to understand and know a student for their strengths and their weaknesses. I'm not, not weaknesses, areas of growth, um, their ability to read a situation or know a little bit more about themselves, helping them to learn about themselves, helping them by having conversations that are, I'm not going to tell you what I want you to hear. I'm going to tell you what I need you to hear and a kid to be able to accept that and move on. Like that's the depth of your relationships means a lot. Relationship could be, we talk, we can have a general conversation and we can keep it moving. Or your relationship could be like, I can pull them aside and be like, hey, you messing up and I need you to get back on your game, right? You either fix it or you fix it. Them are your only two options, <laughs> right? Exactly. And, and that's, no, I'm th- but that's what I was saying, Mark. That's where I was going with the example when I was talking about like you and I being a father and, and, and tailoring that conversation where sometimes people can get it in different formats, right? Mm-hmm. And then depending on, that relationship or level that you have with somebody that might look different, that conversation, that interaction and so forth. And that's a balance. I mean, for folks to say they really have that figured out for, for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's really few and far between. Yeah. You know, I'll be the first one to tell folks 
I still struggle sometimes with relationships with different folks. So it's it's a constant journey. It's a constant um, self-reflection and, and thinking about, okay, how could I tailor that differently? What can I do to kind of meet them halfway and so forth? But for, for some people, you know, few and far between, they're just able to do it with all stakeholders, with, with all people. And I mean, that's, that's definitely commendable. It is. And it's, it's hard, you know, and, and, you know, we stuck on this topic of relationships, but I, I, I think that what's most important is for people not to think of it as like, I develop a relationship because the, like the, the kids like me, they respect me right in the classroom. Like that's just one piece. You don't just stop there and be like, because they like me, because they think I'm a cool teacher, because they, whatever, like it's that constant growth. Like, what are you constantly doing to learn more about the kids that are in your classroom? What are you doing to constantly learn more about what their uh, what their drive is and what their missions and what their goals are? And if they don't know, like helping them to be able to craft that. Um, and that takes work. And you know, high school, high school, like, being a high school principal, man. You know, teachers on average have 150 kids in a given day right? Like go build a relationship with 150 kids and Mm -hmm. go, right? Like that's just hard. Um, But every kid deserves the opportunity for their teachers to be able to know them on a, on, on a deeper level than just their name and just a couple of facts of what they're capable of doing. Right. And that, that becomes the job, but that becomes the reason as to why, like for me, I got an education, like everybody got a story. I'd love to be able to pull out of 3,000 kids in my building. I'd love to be able to know a, a short story or something about them to help me know how I can help them move. Because in order to move them forward, you got to show that you invested in them, right? And mm-hmm. you got you have to be able to connect with them in a way that they're thinking like, okay, you really going out your way to try to learn something about me, not the generic, typical stuff that uh that people ask is like a get to know you activity or whatever but like you really are are genuinely invested and I think that that is what's going to move kids and I also think that's what's going to challenge um you know schools to be able to move forward especially moving out of the pandemic um that's what kids are yearning for right now they're yearning to be seen they're yearning to be heard they want people to connect with them so um Switching gears, man. Uh, man, we can stay on relationships all the time. But um, let's let's take a look at, at, at the book series that you're working on. Uh, what 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 took you there? Like what you know, your son is kind of the premise of like what what got you to that level of saying, I want to do this book series and, and what do you hope for it to do and be, you know, in the world of education? Definitely. So the book series, man. Um, started from like I said a real personal level um my uh, son is biracial so you know I'm, I'm black my wife's white and um when you have kids I tell people things change oh yeah and it's <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's funny because being an educator you know I've worked with kids my whole life you know that that I mean that's literally my 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 profession right but having your own kid, it, it was almost kind of like, like um, for your listeners out there, if they ever seen the Matrix, mm-hmm. and like when Neo started realizing, hey, wait a second, like something is just just wrong. Like I, I know it, 
but now I'm like starting to see it, but yeah. he couldn't really put his finger on it, right? Until he had the interaction with Morpheus. So for listeners out there, if you don't know that sci-fi movie, check out The Matrix, <laughs> classic. And Warner Brothers needs to pay me right now for giving them a free commercial thing. <laughs> um, anywho, what happened really was it started bothering me that I couldn't find books that I felt like he could see himself in. Mm. And I mean, it, it, it really bothered me because, yeah. you know, I'm an educator. So obviously I want to read to my son and, and we're buying all these books. But I was like, why don't I see books that reflect him just a little bit, you know? And then I felt like I was shortchanging myself. Like, why do I have to shortchange and say, well, I'm just hoping there's some type of reflection of him in a very positive light because it brought me back to uh, a personal feeling that I had growing up where um, I used to collect black action figures, right? So I know your listeners going to find out all kinds of personal stuff about me. So growing <laughs> up, I was always in the comics, but you couldn't find black action figures. Mm-hmm. And Marcus, I know you'll get this because, you know, we're about the same age. So if you kind of think about it too, like you really didn't see that back in the day. So yeah, if I did. found a falcon or a black panther or a bishop one of those i can fix i would just buy it and even as i've gotten older i would just just pick it up because you just never saw it right and i remember the feeling i would get where i was like oh man this this is dope you know a john stewart green lantern action figure oh man you know i'd read about him but i finally got one so like i said fast forward to my son and my wife surprised me um i think it was one father's day and bought me one of those little books where it's supposed to be like you and your kid, you know, one of the things you pre-order and I'm looking at it and Mark ain't gonna tell you, it was a nice gesture, but that brother in that book looked nothing like me. I mean, he looked like <laughs> a model. And I was like, listen, I said, this ain't me. I said, baby, this is nice, but this ain't me. This dude look really good. This ain't, <laughs> this. And um, I remember, you know, of course she took it the wrong way. And she said, um, well, you know, if you don't like it, you should go out there and write your own book. I was like, I'm going to go write my own book right now. That's it. That's so it. I remember, you know, Marcus, you married. So, you know, I, I'm marching the uh, kitchen. I'm sitting at the table. <laughs> got my computer out, you know, all in my feelings. But it really kind of clicked. Like, yeah. So that conversation and all those feelings I was having, and I sketched out. I mean, it was, bro, it was kind of like automatically, I sketched out like the first three or four within a couple days. And yeah, I mean, we just been running with it. So it's like I said, the series is I want to be. Um, so I think the first one was I want to be a lawyer. Yeah. Then it was um, I want to be an architect and, um, you know, like a CEO and a meteorologist. And now it's a, a software developer and a pilot. And like I said, we're, we're cranking out the next couple but it's 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 a beautiful thing um, for my son um, because, like I said, I had initially self-published it. And that's how big I was. On. I was like, I just want to do something to give back to my son and other families. And then Codebreaker stepped in. Like I said, I gave Brian a shout out earlier. He loved the idea. And he was like, hey, man, we want to sign you to a book deal. So we released everything under them. And uh, man, it's just been a roller coaster, man. It's it's been it's been great seeing seeing kids and, and families and 
teachers and schools, you know, who get the book and, yeah. you know, they share it out on um, social media with the hashtag meet Hilton. Um, but the real cool part, man, is when you like for the first four books. So for listeners out there, if they look it up, the first four books, you're going to see Hilton and it's when he was one. So the illustrations and then when you open the book, you actually see a real picture of him. So you see like, oh, snap, it, it, it looks just like him. But then, like I said, on the year two, we now have a picture of him when he's two years old. And then you see how the illustrations have grown with him. Um, and, and I tell you, man, like I'm getting a little teary. I just thinking about it. But like the other day when I was reading it to him, he was looking at it. And I was like, Hilton, do you know who that is? And he was like, yes, yeah, me. That's and awesome. then he looked at it and then he was like, oh, that's daddy. And I, I tell you, man, the money from the books, none of that can ever measure to that, that impact right there. Yeah. Like where he saw himself and he just loves to read them. So, I mean, like I said, I, I could talk about that all night too, man, but yeah. that, that's just, no, yeah, man, that's, that's what it's all about. That's awesome, man. And, you know, it, <clears throat> when we were talking about relationships earlier, you know, you would talk, we were talking about the relationship of being able to connect with students is different, um, uh, of course, than that of your own children. Uh, but people entrust their their kids to us, uh, and how can you mm -hmm. leverage those those relationships to do just that? Right? Like, I don't remember reading a book series, you know, about a little black boy on the south side of Chicago, you know fill in the blank of all of the ex lived experiences and so forth that they have. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm sitting here at my computer looking at a picture of my son, right? Like, what do I want him to be able to see and understand and know about himself? What literature do I want him to see? And when he goes into a classroom, like, what do I want the teacher to help foster within him? And what kind of relationship do I want my son to be able to have with their teacher? What relationship do I want all my kids for that matter to have with a teacher right and I'm having that as an educator right and so for people who are in the classroom but even school leaders who are in the building like what do you want as a goal and as a vision for what young people see educators to be in their life like not just a teacher everybody teaches you something right? They teach you either the good, the bad, the ugly, what to do, what not to do, and then how to do it, right? Like everybody mm -hmm. to some degree comes in your life to teach you something. School leaders, what are the, the, what your vision for your building? What do you want your teachers to be for, uh, for kids? How do you want your students who walk into your building every day to see your teachers, right? Like you can't craft you know, you can't say, hey, I want all of my teachers to do this for kids. Like everybody has to bring their own to the profession, which is what makes our schools so diverse. Our schools are more diverse than anybody ever knows. Right. That whole concept mm -hmm. of like diversity, equity and inclusion that we talk about. It's like, man, our schools are so diverse because everybody has a different background. Everybody has their fingerprint uh, pattern on education and what is what is your story tell or you know how can you change the game within your classroom or within your school building to do that uh, go ahead no I was gonna say because as you were saying that man it was it was funny because 
when you when you made the comment about looking at your son and like, hey, thinking about what I want him to be, what I want him to grow up to do and so forth. And one of the other biggies in the book series, which I forgot to add, is the emphasis we put on the hidden knowledge, the hidden curriculum, right? The, the things yeah. Yeah. that we don't formally teach, but mm. you and I both know as educators, if you don't know it, it's going to hinder. Yeah. So I tell everybody this story. So um, my parents you know, or my mom, you know, both my, both my parents went to, went to school, you know, my mom, college educated, got her master's, was a principal, right? So realistically, I come from a very educated family. Mm-hmm. Became a teacher, got my master's. I was a really young assistant principal. I think I became an assistant principal and I had just turned 25, 26 yeah. back in the day. So something surreal, right? I mean, that, <laughs> that's just... You, you just don't normally hear it, right? Right. Now, I say that to say to people, on face value, you hear that, and you would automatically assume he's a pretty smart guy, right? Yeah. And I, I like to say, pretty, I'm okay. I ain't the brightest bulb in the box. I don't <laughs> think I'm the dumbest. And I remember telling people, after my first year, I think at the time as assistant principal, I had a professor at Penn State reach out to me. True story. Professor Penn State reached out. Was doing some research about schools. Somehow gotten wind of me. Talked to me, you know, for this research article or whatever she was doing. And at the end of it, she said, have you thought about working on your doctorate? And at the time, I was like, nah, not really. You know, I'm still trying to pay off these loans, you Man. know, right here. And she said, well, you could get an assistantship and go to school for free. And, and I'm going to tell you something, Marcus. Years part I remember her saying that, and I had no clue what she was talking about. Hmm. That's when I'm, that for the listeners out there, that's the hidden curriculum. That's the hidden, that's the stuff that for a second there, I had to stop and say, lady, I ain't getting no scholarship. I ain't playing football for you. I'm grown. You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, no, honey, I'm talking about you can come do research for us and work for us and we cover your tuition and we pay you a stipend. And Marcus, I'm telling you, up until that point, I had never heard that before. Uh Now, mind you, ended up going to University of Georgia for a little bit. Wife and I got married, wanted to come back, relocate with kids, all these things. But, But I tell people, that I always think about the what ifs, right? Uh-huh. And you know, you never should really live your life in what ifs. But I think about no one up to that point had ever explained that to me. Like I, I, I kind of like have heard it before, but no one had ever like clearly art- articulated the way that professor had. Right. And it's those kind of things that hid knowledge that we embed in the book. So we embed in the book, we talk about licensure exams. We talk about different degrees. We talk about internships, you know, but we do it in a way that's, you know, kid-friendly, right? Uh And the book rhymes, so every line, every other line rhymes. But the part that still trips me out and gives me goosebumps is the amount of parents who reach out to me Uh and who say, like, I never knew that. Like, 
I never knew you needed, like, I remember had a parent walk up to me one time uh, of a kid and uh, bumped into them at the barbershop of all places. Had my book right at the barbershop. And um, they said, I never knew you needed to take a license exam to become a lawyer. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, you know, like they actually had the book with them. They said, hey, Woods, we actually bought your book, blah, blah, blah. But they were just like, we didn't know you had to do it. I thought you just had to go to college. Why would you need to take a license exam? So it was cool because then we got to have a sidebar conversation about what, you know, this is kind of the, the piece behind it. Because you and I both know in education, you have to take licensure exams. Take a whole bunch for of different time. things. Yep, yep, yep. And I could see the light bulb going off in his head. Like, really? Okay. Well, thanks, man. I'm going to let make sure my son knows that. that. That's good stuff to know. But in my head, as I was talking to him, I remember going back in time and that professor saying that in the, in the same feeling that I had. So that was the other piece. I just wanted to slide in there about the books that we build that in there because that piece is very important for a lot of families, regardless of how educated you are, because like in the case of me, being at a level where you would think, quote unquote, I'm very educated, would know all these things, my mind was blown. Yeah, and man, it was the same, man. It took me back to uh, to high school. I, I actually was in, in a class today. Um, I was talking to my juniors and seniors in a college and careers class, and it was this class they, they had to take. Um teacher invited me to come up, man, you know, just sharing the, some of my experiences, how I got to where I am, blah, 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 you know, how I chose my career path. Um, and I told the kids the story of like how much debt I'm in, right? <laughs> I've been in school. <laughs> I laugh. It's funny. Uh, it's not funny because the United sorry, States Department, it's, it's not funny. It's not United funny, States Department of Education it. is coming for me. I am married to Sally Mae. Uh, she, she's my second one. <laughs> no, let me stop. Um, no, I tell the kids like, all right, look, like you got to take hold of opportunities that come to you, especially like in high school when, you know, when we have AP and dual credit classes, like those are the classes that you want to take so that you can like launch yourself forward in college. The story I always tell them is I did not know what an AP or dual credit class was until I got to college. Yo, I was a freshman in college. I'm sitting there next to my roommate. I'm like, he was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna get out of here in three years. I'm like, man, how you gonna do that? Like, you taking what, 18, 20 credit hours, you know, 16, you like sweating at the registration table. You like, ooh, that's, that's a lot of class. Like, I'm trying to kick it too, right? I'm trying to enjoy college, right? Not just go to class. Um, and uh, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna be out in three years. I'm like, how? He was like, well, I, you know, I came in with credit already. And I came in with what kind of credit? He was like, college credit. I took some classes in high school. I was like, oh, you was already working on college in high school. He was like, yeah, I took some dual credit courses. I'm like, what's that? I looked at him. He was like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, what's, what's dual credit? What's, what's AP? No one ever told me in my entire four years what AP and dual credit classes were. I feel I, I feel crazy like saying that um, I don't it was a challenge because I trusted right like in schools you go in and you trust adults to be able to have the 
best interests of yourself, of, of you as a student at heart. And in this case, I'm not saying that nobody was working against me, but I mean, the fact that I didn't know about AP and honors courses and I was I was getting A's and B's in school, like I'm, hey, prime candidate, like, hey, especially with the data out there, right? Like minorities or black black students taking AP courses, like, let me, I'm not going to go into all the research because people know, like, that's a statistic, like black students, the numbers of students or the numbers of students who are taking AP and honors courses are, um, you know, in terms of demographics, right? Like blacks were not at the top of the, the ranks. And that statistic still exists, but I could have helped work against that, right? Like as long as I had known that I could do this, I would have challenged myself to do it, but I trusted someone else to do something that I should have just been mindful of and learned for myself. So um, that's not a knock. I mean, it is what it is. It, there could have been a reason. Maybe it was something that I missed on my end or my my mom, she, you know, she, she was like, yeah, I could have, I could have missed it too. We always think about that. Always the what ifs, but the path that I've traveled where I am right now is, is, is only but destined I will say, for that. But I will say to you, Marcus, I mean, catch y'all over it, but I will say to you, brother, cause I, I don't even want you to feel that way. And I mean, I know you being sarcastic and like, man, I can't believe this. We kind of think about what if, and what I mean by that is, you're a very accomplished dude. You're doing great stuff for your for your school, for your community. So clearly, you got it. You got the brains, right? Like, well, thank you. clearly, yeah. you know, but, but that's where it goes to when we relay it back to the book about the hidden knowledge. Yeah. But then when we take it back to the beginning of our conversation, when we talk yeah. about relationships, mm -hmm. all those things bleed over because... It just shows, and it's a testament to a relationship should have been established and reinforced with you even back then. To yep. like, hey, Marcus, have you thought about this, man? You, you, you're a prime candidate. You, you, this is what you need to be doing, buddy. But then, two folks around you breaking down those barriers and explaining yeah. that. Because I think about my son now, and I look at him sometime, and I just kind of think about what if. And I think about, okay, he's going to be able to walk in certain doors with so much more knowledge than I ever had mm -hmm. because I know it and I can impart it on him. No, but most no. importantly, yeah. I know what to look for. Right. And people will know I know what to look for because they know who I am. They know some of the roles I've been in. Mm -hmm. But then, like you said, I think about the kids and the families who don't have that luxury. Yeah. So what am I doing to open those doors and break down those barriers for them? And that and that right there becomes the action of constantly nurturing and building relationships. Right. Like that is. The Amen. So when you know whether you're going into a classroom next year, you're going into a school building to lead the most important thing is taking the action of building relationships, nurturing relationships, fostering and caring for relationships as if this is like the prime jewel. Because at the end of the day, I I, I did a podcast, man. I, it was probably this time last year, shortly after, on political and social capital. Like, you got to build those relationships because that also builds your political and social capital. Like, if I would lie to be like administration is not about politics. Administration has a very uh, great deal of uh, politics. 
it's not a game. It's nothing to play mm-hmm. with, but there's times in which you're going to have to leverage those relationships to be able to move things forward, right? If that's moving education forward, that's having your building do something that may seem odd or different or stressful or challenging, but if they trust in you as the leader, because they have that strong relationship with you, they're going to do more. They're going to be more. They're going to want to do more for you. They're going to, I want my staff, I want to build my relationship so tight with my staff that they would run through a wall, right, to move education forward for kids, period. Like, that's that is a that's like a very lofty goal because you got to get everybody on the same page. But I know right now my staff during a pandemic has run through so many walls to get to where we are. And I keep telling like, hey, Keep running. We got one more wall to get through. I promise it's going to be a light on the other side of that wall, but like, keep running. But like, that is, that is, that is key. And so, you know, I, I last point, and I'll, I'll leave you with this and, you know, I'll, I'll turn it back over to Matt here shortly, but like relationships are not, they cannot be cliche. They can't be something that you're like, all right, cool. Like I'm a, I build relation. I build great relationships. What does that mean for you? Is it surface mm-hmm. level? Cause anybody can do the surface level stuff. It's the time in which you take to foster, develop, grow, nurture, and love on the people that you have the greatest impact on. Because if it's our young people, they're going to be making decisions for us when we can't make them for ourselves. So if you don't foster that relationship now, when they actually have to make decisions for you, they're going to remember that, right? Um, Matt, the, the, the book series that you have written, um, I'm excited about it, right? And I'm excited because it not only teaches young people to be able to see themselves in a different light and a different perspective, but it challenges the adults to say, how can I help a young person or young people see themselves in a different light than what they see. And the bottom line of that is I have to build a relationship for them to trust the words that are coming out of my mouth, to trust the, the, the knowledge that I'm giving to them, to help them move forward and to move forward knowing that I got their back. I got their best interest at heart. And there's no reason for me to hold anything back or to change their directive or change their direction um, um, because the relationship I have is something that I am continually working to foster. I'm continually working to grow. Um, and I think that that's, that's key, man. So that, enough of me, um, Matt, was, give me some last words, man. And then the last thing I will tell you is leave the listeners with, if they want to get in touch with you, they want to find out the series, they want to connect with you. How can they do that? No doubt. I guess the last thing I would say all that as you were talking about relationships is um, that doesn't mean just being somebody's friend um, and telling everybody what they what they want to hear. Sometimes it's telling them what they need to hear. Yep. And I think that's really impactful because sometimes it gets distorted when you hear people say, oh, I have a bad relationship with that person. And it's like, no, they just told you what you needed to hear. You just didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I would actually argue they're either have a great relationship with you or they're trying to build a relationship with you because, you know, I, I get in trouble. I feel like all the time, because I tell people all the time, do you want me to just tell you what you want to hear? I mean, I'll tell you, if you want me to lie to your face, I'll lie to your face. 
that'll make you feel good. Uh, and it catches people off guard because they look at me like, what is this dude saying? I'm like, if you want me to lie to your face, I lie to your face. You know, you're 300 pounds, but you're wearing a size two. I mean, I'll tell you, you look good, but busting <laughs> at the seams, right? So, but, but anywho, man, look, like I've enjoyed it, Marcus. Uh, thank you, like I said, for having me on the show. Um, folks can reach out to me. A lot of different ways, you know, you can go to my uh, personal website. That's uh, www.leadingoutthewoods.com. Pretty much will give you access to everything that I got going on. Uh, man, I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting tired just kind of thinking about it, man. I uh, yes. slow down and take a nap, but. Uh, no, nah, man, but keep going, keep going, keep pushing, man. Your voice is needed at the table. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But then, you know, they could go there. My email is uh, leadingoutthewoods at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Wood from a Woods. And yeah, like I said, if those three things are really kind of the, the best ways to kind of get a hold of me. And it'll give you access to the, the, the book series um, and uh, all the other things I got going on, man. That's awesome, man. Well, first off, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, and, and just connecting with you, brother, like this is this is kind of behind the scenes, right? Like we talked about a lot and just kind of a lot of this is lived experience, right? Like where, mm-hmm. um, you know, the journey, the journey for me, the journey for Matt uh, has been a little bit different. Um, we, we've gotten to a point both in our educational career, we're both uh, ASCD emerging leaders and um, have had some opportunities to be able to connect in many different spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all about, uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, and in this case, like this, this opportunity, this network and uh, this relationship that, that we have uh, has been awesome. I've learned a lot from Matt. Uh, I'm excited to, to get his, uh, his book series as I have a little guy uh, who looks up to me every single day and, and a little guy that calls me daddy, right? Like that's, that's my boy. Uh, it's not just running around my house with Nerf guns because we do a whole lot of that, but <laughs> we do a whole lot of that. This bull is all over. That's a house. part of it, man. That's a part of man. it, man. Uh, but just being able to sit and connect with him and for him now, he has a series of books that he can go to, um, to see himself. Um, and that, that from a, from a father to a father, from a brother to a brother, I appreciate you and thank you for the work that you've done, uh, and keep it going, man. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Woods, like I said, you, you can connect with him. If you are having an issue or need to connect with him or like, man, I want that book series. Let me know. I'll get you in touch, man. This is a good dude, uh, and doing some great work in the field of education. So thank you for what you do for young people. Uh, and man, it's always great to connect with you. So thanks for being on unapologetic leadership, man. Thank you. Likewise, man. Yeah. All right, man. Take care. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of Unapologetic Leadership. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus J. Beelan, or you can visit me on my website, drmarcusbeelan.com. I would love to connect with you. Remember, take care of yourself. Be well, stay safe, and be unapologetically you.